50 years ago, a prominent Nevada attorney accused of stabbing a teenage girl in Hawaii, now arrested. A mother who gave birth on the street and then left her infant to freeze to death in sub-zero temperatures, given a lengthy prison sentence, and a firefighter and two others caught in an undercover sting operation in Florida for allegedly engaging in sexual activity with minors. This is True Crime Today. Not only a tragedy for the family. It's unfathomable. Shot to death more than half a dozen times, likely with a shotgun by his own mother. True Crime Today. He, he then drove her body in her van about five miles away. Police say she put her newborn in a trash bag and threw the baby over an upstairs banister. A podcast that examines real stories in real time. Disturbing. He says she asked him to help her end her life. True Crime Today starts now. That indeed it does. Welcome to the program. Be sure to press subscribe wherever you download podcasts. You don't miss any of our episodes. New full episodes every Monday, Tuesday, and Friday on this program. And of course, daily briefs all throughout the week with uh, breaking news and just other crazy uh, crap that people are doing. Be sure to uh, leave us a review there on Apple Podcasts as well. We greatly appreciate that. It's Tony and Stacey Cole with you on today's episode of the program. What's going on? Well, welcome to fall. I know, but okay. So I am in Northwest Arkansas. Stacy is in central Wisconsin. Let's compare climates for a moment. Uh, okay. What do you got going on there? What's your seven day forecast brought to well, you by the weather channel? Let's see. Um, yesterday we, we woke up to severe thunderstorms and then today it's supposed to be just a high of barely 60 degrees. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you got, that's Wisconsin. I'm glad I'm not yep. there. <laughs> absolutely how about you uh high about 95 today uh Whoa. probably gonna go in the pool at some point uh we have record temperatures today and then get this a cold front comes through tomorrow and as that cold front uh comes through here's uh how cold it uh, it will actually get after the front gets through are you ready for this this is okay. uh this is the the cold that we're going to see well, as soon as the uh, stupid ad on this uh, weather. Oh, yeah. You got to get through the ads first. Hate, it's so annoying. I hate. I used to like AccuWeather. Now I hate AccuWeather. Um, I think they were like our forecast for your AccuWeather forecast. Um, the uh, high tomorrow. Oh, shit. It is cold. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 that's the low. I'm looking. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a little bit different. Uh, yeah. Our low tomorrow, 61, high 82. So our cold front brings us back to the 80s. And then we pretty much stay in the 80s through mid-October. Wow, that's so, kind of crazy. Not really. That's normal for here. Really? Well, yeah. no wonder you moved there. Yeah, it's an, I never, re I mean, we're in the South, so it, it we have kind of a temperate winter. It's almost like fall in Wisconsin for most of winter, where we get a couple days of snow and then it melts the following day. Uh, oh, so you don't have like three and a half feet of snow and you can't see around the corner when you're trying to pull out, we get, you know, we, onto we, a street. We get blizzards, but they're short lived. Like it, it can be like you're homebound for a day or two, but then it all melts really, really quick. Like the next week you'll be in the 60s and then everything's gone. And then you wow. have flooding and things of that nature. So, yeah, it's a, it's interesting. Some winters are like really harsh and just cold without snow, which I don't like that much. I honestly rather have snow on the ground and have it kind of looking, you know, pretty versus just everything dead and frozen for months. But we get those days, I'd say almost every month, whether it be January, December, February, 
uh, where you'll get at least probably one 60 degree day. Sometimes you get a 70 or maybe even 80 in there, but then it mm-hmm. bounces back to like, you know, 38, the, the following. So wow, a lot more temperate, but I can deal with it more. What I'm most not looking forward to is uh, the everything going dark and the daylight savings. Now, correct me if I'm wrong on this daylight savings. Did they not, didn't they vote or something that somewhere down the road here, it's going away. I had heard that. And that's, that's worth looking up because I think you're right. I think there was talk that it messed people up too much when we sprung forward in Mm -hmm. the spring. So this is from March. U S Senate on Tuesday passed legislation that would make daylight savings time permanent starting in 2023, ending a twice annual changing of clocks in a move prompted by supporters advocating brighter afternoons and more economic activity. The Senate approved the measure, called it the Sunshine Protection Act, (laughs) unanimously by voice vote. The House of Representatives, which held a committee hearing on the matter, must still pass it before it can go. Okay, so the House has not passed it yet. Um, So I wonder if it's going to pass. And then the president has to sign it. Um, one of the bills. So, I mean, it, it looks like it has bipartisan support, honestly. On, uh, the one thing we can agree on is that we want more sunshine. So I'm glad I'm glad nobody's like, no, we need more darkness. Um, well, they also didn't they find that when we when we lost an hour. Yeah, when we lost an hour, people would get into car accidents and mm-hmm. accidents would happen. And they've just proven that it's just not a good thing. Well, there will eventually be something with this where it will end up being darker in the morning for half of the year at a, like a 6 a.m. hour. But I don't know. I can. T- I think I can deal with that better than I can deal with five o'clock and it's dark, dark. Because so many of us, we get up, we start working in the dark. And then by the time our day's done and we're leaving the office, it's still dark and it's just fucking depressing. I used to love this when I was a teenager. I could deal with the darkness. Great. Now it's like seasonal depression kicks in and yeah. I dread those months. I really have to do things to keep myself up. So I, I end up focusing on the shows more and reading more about murders and horrible people and crazy things that people do that are absolutely negative and bad. And that lifts me up and that, that pulls me out of that deep, dark depression. <laughs> You know, we all have our little quirks, don't we? Let's watch more Dateline. It's like, shit, yeah. That person killed their whole family. I'm so glad that's not me. And it's dark out. <laughs> so that's, that's how I deal with it. So I don't know, let's see if that actually happens. Uh, if you have a, uh, that's the wrong show. You don't have to share anything with us. I was going to say, if you have a something, no. Um, but uh, let's go over to our first story uh, of the day. Uh, this one uh, comes to us uh from uh, it's in Nevada and Hawaii, a two-state uh, crime thing that kind of went on here. A 77-year-old disgraced ex-lawmaker arrested for his suspected involvement in the 1972 stabbing death of a newly arrived 19-year-old woman in Hawaii. So he's in Hawaii. She shows up and allegedly kills her almost 40 years ago. And how did wow. they how did they connect this? This is like I've been saying. Those DNA kits. So give them out at Christmas, everybody. Uh, (laughs) Solve some crime, everybody. Solve a crime. Discover who in your family shouldn't be there and should be behind bars. It will be amazing. Just think of uh, if if you're like really not looking forward to the next get together, start heading out those DNA kits and that creepy uncle that you got. 
Just think, next year, maybe convicted of multiple rapes and murders in your area. How good would that feel to know that creepy uncle is gone? <laughs> um, that you did your part to yes. save humanity. Exactly. Weed them out. DNA test today. Uh, but there is a there's a creepiness to the DNA tests. And this is conspiracy theory-ish. But at the same point, so many conspiracy theories are like coming true. I'm kind of I'm not like anti-conspiracy theory. I, I just don't know which ones I'm on board with because uh, I think okay. some are, are pretty accurate. Um, the uh, idea of this, that you're submitting your DNA. Uh, so it's going to a giant database that that someone can look up and, and use. There is the possibility with genetic uh, created drugs or not drugs, but diseases that one could create a disease in theory, that attacks specific types of DNA. Where it could look at this oh. and go, okay, well, you are okay. you are not good at this, so we're going to create this this disease that gets unleashed, and we're not going to tell anybody where it's from. Might be a lab, might be a bat, might be a Little League player that blew his nose. And the the disease could then basically take advantage of the weaknesses in certain types of DNA that people have and could be weaponized at some point in time. Well, and as you say that, um, if you take a look at modern medicine, they do dive into the DNA of viruses and things of that nature mm -hmm. to find a cure. So yeah. your theory is not that crazy you would just hope that people who have access to laboratory equipment are decent, normal people. Well, and does it make a difference at this point? They got all the DNA out there. If they're seeing yours or not, if you happen to be on the, uh, the low end of the stick and your DNA matches up with what they're trying to weed out, it doesn't matter if you sent your DNA in or not. So I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy seeing what sort of cousins I may have and, who may have fucked somebody at some time. And you're like, that's a cousin by really close relation. Whose is this? Uh, because you start discovering that on, on some of those services. Have you ever done that? And I just, I got a new notification yesterday that I have like seven new relatives on 23 and me. So, you, and you, I didn't look because you and I talked so much about DNA that I'm like, I don't, I don't want to know who my possible relatives mm -hmm. are. I, I'm kind of done with it. I know who my immediate family is. I don't need to know about these people in New York. I've got a ton of family in New York for some reason. Yeah. I, and I it, just, I don't need to know. And it's kind of interesting. We're like, yeah, you can find out who you're like. I don't know that I really want to. I don't know that I really want more family. I'm kind of good. I'm <laughs> just like, yeah. Like, I, I don't have time for more family, and especially ones I don't know. I, then you have to start at the beginning and get to know you and all that shit. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. We were good before this. You can be good after it, too. Yeah, I'm kind of over it. It's like, you know, if you have haven't come out of the woodwork this mm -hmm. far, thus far, I don't need to know you. Yeah, I have dug back far enough and I found family in uh, Norway and Germany. But then once you get there, it's like if you want to dig into these things from another country, that'll be another 70 bucks. No. It's like, like I already I already. So I'm not going to learn more about Olaf. And uh, everybody else over there in Lapland, uh, which is in Norway. Uh, but I, do you think, do you have an Olaf? I hope you do. I, I, there might be. I don't know. It got to be some really interesting names. And, 
<laughs> very Norwegian and very German esque names. But the name John, I didn't write an uncle named John. I didn't realize how far that goes back. That goes back like seven generations. There's been a John in my dad's family. So that's like, wow, that uh, really continues to carry. Well, I didn't know that that was a thing. Yeah, I I had no idea, but it's been interesting kind of digging back. I've gone as far as I can before they want to start charging me more money. So that's that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the Reno Gazette Journal reports that on Tuesday, September 13th, authorities arrested uh, Tudor Chirilla Jr. in his apartment. He was booked into the Washoe County Jail on a complaint warrant for being a fugitive from another state. Uh, bandages can be visible on uh, Chirilla's neck in his booking shot, indicating he may have tried suicide prior to his arrest. So he kind of got a little bit of a heads up that uh, they were coming for him. On January oh, wow. 7th, 1972, Nancy Anderson was discovered dead in her Waikiki apartment. The woman had been stabbed several times and died at the scene, according to the Honolulu Police Department. After decades of inactivity, the Honolulu Police Department requested assistance with DNA analysis uh, from Parabon Nanolabs. A suspect's likeness was then drawn by the lab. That's scary. That from DNA, they can predict what the person looks like. That's okay. Uh, that's starting to... But but these are all these are all genetic traits. Yeah. So... It's AI. It's just going, here's some likely composite possible pictures of this person. I wonder how close it was. I don't know. Uh, Predictions were produced for the subject's ancestry, eye color, hair color, skin color, freckling, and face shape. Torello was charged with second-degree murder, and a warrant for his arrest was issued by the Honolulu Police Department. The criminal complaint states that at 5.29 p.m. on January 7th, 1972, Honolulu police officers responded to Anderson's apartment for a potential suicide. After arriving at the residence, several policemen noted a blue and white towel with red stains near the entrance, along with additional probable blood stains and splatter throughout the apartment. Anderson apparently suffered multiple stab wounds to the torso and lower extremities. Anderson's body was reportedly discovered by her roommate, Jody Spooner. She had 63 stab wounds, and her death certificate said she died of hemorrhage due to a stab wound of the heart. Several suspects' DNA samples were analyzed, but the results came back negative. Chirilla may be a potential suspect in the investigation. Detective Michael Ogawa of the Honolulu Police Department learned in December of 21. He attended the University of Hawaii as a graduate student, and his records suggest that he spent some time in Hawaii around that period. Aguaga contacted a detective from the Reno Police Department in February 22 to beg for assistance in covertly collecting a DNA sample from Chirilla. According to the press, Reno police did not have any possibilities to securely get Chirilla's DNA sample. But in March, Aguaga contacted the Newport Beach Police Department in an attempt to obtain a DM- DNA sample from Chirilla's biological son. The son, gave, the son gave his assent or consent, and results showed that the DNA found on a towel inside Anderson's house matched the DNA found on the boy isn't that how they got btk as well they got i think so it was dna from a one of the children aguaga secured a warrant on september 1st to photograph and collect a dna sample from chirilla an investigator visited chirilla at her house on september 6th to collect a specimen according to the warrant chirilla attempted suicide so he found out you know shit he's finally going to get caught and he's trying to end it however he's considered to have a good chance of survival the court document states that DNA samples collected from the towel found inside Anderson's flat match those of Chirilla. The Reno Gazette Journal states that Chirilla practiced law in Nevada for a long time. So listen to this. This guy goes and has a pretty productive and successful life. 
after yeah. stabbing, allegedly stabbing someone 66 times 50 years ago, which is just scary because there's a lot of people out there that live successful lives. And a lot of times you're not thinking, hey, when you were in your early 20s, you probably stabbed somebody 66 you times. You murdered somebody. Yeah. Like some people can just kind of put that shit behind them, like spilled milk and continue on with life during like, that. Oh, you know what? I had an off day. It was just one of those days, you know, it was a manic Monday. Wish it was right. Sunday. Stabbed that girl 66 times. And I'm not having fun day. Just another manic Monday. During that time, he served as an assistant attorney general and an attorney for the city of Reno. In 1994, Jeez. he attempted but failed to become a justice on the Nevada Supreme Court. Reportedly, he was jailed in the midst of his campaign for failing to pay more than $33,000 in back child support. Prosecutors allegedly withdrew all accusations against him the following year, including those that he had kidnapped his fiance for the purpose of rape. Jesus. How do you get this? Like, you're like running for this. You are in these sort of positions and yet you're failed to pay 33 grand in child support and you're accused of kidnapping your fiance for of rape and you're still kind of running around there doing life. Chirilla was the president of the infamous Mustang Ranch brothel. <laughs> So, okay, career path takes a bit of a downturn. Uh, um, yeah, I, how does that just pop up into the story? It's like, I was going to be this. I was going to do all these, you know, real prestigious things. Fuck it. I'm going to go be the president of a brothel. Chirilla was president of the infamous. Okay, so until he filed a lawsuit against the establishment, the establishment's owner in 98, claiming he was wrongfully terminated. Apparently, as reported by CBS News, after Anderson completed his high school education in Michigan, he uprooted in October of 71 and headed for Hawaii. And that's like, uh, like you do after, you know, that's what you do. Uh, and yeah, so. But, but, you know, we've talked about this many times. Think of these people who are doctors, lawyers, the level of of mental ability that these people have to do these to be in these professions where you have to master the craft, you yeah. know, these are extremely bright people Yeah, that just something isn't right there. Well, and, and it's the ability to compartmentalize because, and an extreme ability to compartmentalize. Cause if you're in those positions, there's a lot of things that if you let the emotions of everything you're doing, get to you, you couldn't function. Right. But if you are, have the ability to put that aside and go, this is my job. This is over here. And I can go over here and almost completely shift gears into a completely different area and not even be affected by the things that you deal with on a daily basis, more power to you. If you're doing that for good, and, and that can be an ex that's amazing that we have people like that that are able to do those things. The world is better for it. But at the mm -hmm. same time, they can be used for evil if you so choose to do the evil route. And you I mean, look at um, like the Jeffrey Dahmer. Look at Dahmer. No, not Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm sorry. Um, uh, Bundy. Yeah. Ted. Bundy. Yeah, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. Ted Bundy. He was an attorney. Yeah. He was an extremely bright individual. Yeah. Which he also used for absolute evil. Yeah. Uh, but he was an incredibly smart man. And that's how he was so good at his crime because he was charming. He was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, he just had this horrifically dark side. Rodney uh, Akala was another one, the dating game killer, uh, who came across just very um, 
you know, very nice, kind, had a good personality, strong personality, and also, you know, completely used it for evil. And that that's out there. And that's scary because I think I would imagine there's a lot of people that we all know yeah, that we will never know about. We're never going to know the true story of and we're never going to even suspect that had that have that ability have at some point in their life, especially when they're young and dumb and impressionable and you have that skill. You can easily use that for evil without even, I guess, probably thinking much about it. Because you're young and dumb and everybody is, even if you have that ability, everybody's still young and dumb at sometimes. And if Mm -hmm. you do something dumb and maybe it ends up with somebody dead and you have the ability to compartmentalize this and get rid of the evidence in a semi-effective way. Yeah, you can move on pretty quick from that as long as you never get caught. But you better hope that if you did that back in the day, that body is never found because if it was found and there's DNA on it. Your family's going to get you at Christmas with that gift of the DNA packet. They will find you now. That's very true. When you open that gift on Christmas Day and you look at it and go, oh, shit, <laughs> you better think long and hard. I mean, I, I submitted my DNA a long time ago. It's out there. It's, you know, what's done is done. But, you know, it, it could come back to haunt you if you've got some family members who are up to no good. What would happen if you submit like dog DNA to one of those tests? <laughs> would it come back and give you like the regions of like where they say like, we're sorry, this doesn't match human DNA? Or I we- would think so. I would think that they would come back and go, something is really off about this. This didn't, you know, register with yeah. with our our test. That would be an interesting um, prank call too. like and you, they get the call like this doesn't this seems to be another uh, this isn't human DNA. Uh, and you sit on the phone arguing like, no, this is my DNA. And, and then you start like <laughs> you start panting on the phone. And then there's like sometimes where you're like, hang on, I, hang on, I saw a bird. <laughs> you just like throw the phone down and start. Squirrel. <laughs> and you come back. OK, what did you find out? What did you find out? What did you find? <laughs> oh, we are a twisted bunch. It's like, no, I have a lot of I mean, I'm hairy. I have a lot of hair. Do you think that could be? I mean, do you think I'm there's an ancestor in my DNA that was a dog? And you try to have this conversation with the foreign agent that's answering the call at Ancestry. Oh, and the poor bastard is just trying to do their job. No, and sir. there's Tony just completely trying to screw with the person. You think you may be part uh, part K9? No, sir. That's not a thing. Like, oh, well, I don't know. That would be uh, that would be fun. That would be if I had extra time in my day. Well, again, if that's the kind of thing you're going to do, we need to record it. Oh, completely. Yeah. That would be uh, that would be interesting. I'd be on board for that. Let me know. We'll talk. Uh, yeah, that would be uh, that. Be fun. there is animal DNA kits out there that you can send in to get the. Oh, and I've done that with my cat. Yeah, I want to do that because I'm curious about Buddy down here, who is uh, uh, I think he's part uh, lab or golden and uh, part uh, border collie because. He has the very much the look of the border collie, but he has the temperament of a golden. So he, oh, and and that's a great thing. He just chills. He's very protective, but he just chills. He walks in front of you every time you're carrying something heavy and tries to trip <laughs> you um and basically herd you around. Yep, but, that's the collie part. Yep. But that's uh that's what uh, that's what he does. So, oh, my daughter just came to go get my genius dog. So, there goes my dog. <laughs> She just waves. 
and we'll have to get the, D- the DNA some other time. But yeah, I sent in um, DNA for one of my cats. I was very surprised at what it came back as. Um, it, it He's a Siamese mix and it came back that he was part um, Norwegian forest cat, which they're beautiful cats, mm-hmm. but I don't think he is. I, I just don't see it. I think cats are probably part every cat at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they'll fuck whatever. And so I think it's, it's got to be <laughs> really hard to find like a purebred anything in cats. I mean, it exists, but that's got to be more of a diamond in the rough situation, I think, than uh, than dogs. Because I think dogs are a little more bred separately. But again, there's you got a lot of mutts, too. Well, and I don't think a lot of cat owners are sending in DNA. It's It was difficult to get. It was really hard to acquire. Yeah. Um, I think dogs are much easier. You just hand them a treat and grab a swab in their mouth. A cat, mm-hmm. if you try to get in its mouth, you're going to end up bloody. So, That's true. You know. They don't like that. They don't like you sticking things in the cat's mouth. No, uh, no. A mother who gave birth on the street and then left her infant to freeze to death in sub-zero temperatures has been given a lengthy prison sentence. Well, that's good. Uh, a mother, then age 28, was found guilty of child endangerment after she gave birth to a boy on a cold city street and then left him there to die. It almost sounds like a bad Bruce Springsteen song. You know, I could totally, I left my baby on the sidewalk and there he almost died until someone found him and I went to jail. Something like that. The way you do it. Absolutely. I couldn't hear it until you actually did it. And and now I can hear it in his voice. Funny Bruce Springsteen story quickly. Uh, Over the weekend, uh, we went to a water park in Hot Springs, uh, Arkansas. It was a field trip thing for my daughter's school. And (laughs) silly. They shouldn't even been open. About a fourth of the park was open. Nobody knew this. The school didn't know this going in. It was supposed to be for the water park. They have an amusement park there, too. Okay. Half the water park is closed, literally drained, empty. They have the pool open. That's it. After driving three and a half hours through mountains to get there. And then half of the amusement park also closed because they don't have staff. And there's signs everywhere saying, sorry, we feel bad, too. And I do feel bad for the company because you don't have anything. Anyway, uh, listening to the speaker system, they have like their own little in-house, you know, you're listening to magic radio because the place is called like magic, uh, you know, water or something. And. Number one, we're standing there, just got off the slide. Harper walks over to me and it goes, your ticket to fun, Magic Falls or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> and, and, and me and Harper look at each other and she goes, dad, that's you. I'm like, holy shit, I think it is. What? I think I recorded these lines for them like 10, 15 years ago and they're still using them. Yeah, They're still using it. Yeah, I don't remember doing it, I, but it's like, I'm pretty sure that's me because I used to record shit like that all the time. For, for different things. And it'd be like, you know, here's a hundred bucks there. And it's like, they use it indefinitely, whatever. And so I'm like, my God, I, I have like a vague, vague, vague memory of doing this. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure that was me. Um, and then the music, they get to choose their own music in the water park. And whoever chose the music clearly kind of depressed because the music oh, no. selection, it went into streets of Philadelphia. In the water park, when everybody's like trying to have fun, it's like streets of Philadelphia. And it's a horribly tragic, sad song. Oh, it keep and they kept going. Like I forgot what some of the other songs were, but they were like, This isn't like whoever fucking spanking the music here is not in a good place <laughs> because it just kept going. It was like depressing song, depressing song. Dep- 
Like these are not party outdoor water park songs. I don't know who's who's deciding these choices. And then it's all just generic, like fake DJs. Like, hey, love that song. Uh, got me in the party mood, like coming out of streets of Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, no. As you're standing in a water park that looks like it's from The Walking Dead because half of it shut down. It was just very, very bizarre. Anyway. Oh, that is so sad. Yeah. Magic Springs, uh, Arkansas. Go check there. Magic Springs Water Park in Arkansas. Check it out. Uh, WWTV reports that Trinity Shakespeare was sentenced to two years and one day in jail, followed by 18 months of supervised release. WWTV claims that uh, she has been given credit for 210 days of time served and could be released as early as March. After her release, the judge also mandated that uh, Shakespeare enter an additional treatment center. Omaha police got a call on February 13th asking them to perform a welfare check on a woman in the area of 24th and P Streets. Shakespeare had given birth on a pavement and then abandoned the infant, the police found out. That's a very zombie-ish thing to do. The yeah, in- infant had been exposed to chilly temperatures and was reportedly transferred to Nebraska Medical Center after being discovered. The toddler reportedly survived outside in 15-degree cold, as reported by WOW-TV. Shakespeare was apprehended, apparently detained, rather, by police for felony child abuse when they tracked down uh, her to a friend's residence in the area. How does that go when you walk into the friend's house? I would hope that, uh, first of all, a woman who just gave birth is not acting normal. I mean, if you're in a outside of a hospital and you gave birth on the side of a road or a street Mm -hmm. or a sidewalk, there's going to be some things off about you. You're not you're not. I mean, first of all, you've you're a mess. I would think it's a yeah. messy experience. Yeah. You're not feeling well. You you're hurting. Yeah. How do you just walk into somebody's house without them going, Holy shit, we need to call an ambulance for you. Or, or is what it, happened? Like what happened? Oh, I slipped on a burrito wrapper outside of the taco bell. I'm okay. Hey, I got a Quiznos coupon. You want to go there tonight for dinner? And then everybody just kind of continues. On with it. What happened? Oh, I shit out a child on the, uh, the, par- the pavement over there at uh, P street. But isn't this new bacon ranch good? Oh, my God. Oh, that's great. I love the bacon ranch. Just kind of gloss over the fact that she had a baby on the sidewalk. Yeah, this is just um, there's a whole lot of what the fuck's going on here. WWTV reports that in July, she entered a plea of no contest to the uh, accusation. Uh, and uh, that's where it all sits at the moment. Well, and here's the thing. If if you if. If you have a child and you don't want the child, there are things you can do to not have the child anymore. You can give it up for adoption. You can take it to a fire station that that really exists where you can you can drop a child off at a fire. Like specifically, is there like a drop box at the fire station? (laughs) There's not like a book return at the library. Um, let me look it up. Like, yep, drop off baby at a fire station. Let me. I'm Google searching. Why this right fire now. station? Why is it the fire? Because there's EMS. I believe so. Yes. Um, safe haven baby boxes. There's. I mean, not literally like a drop box, but um, <laughs> under most states' safe haven law, it legally permit permits a mother in crisis to safety and securely and anonymously surrender her baby. Interesting. I didn't yeah, know. So idea. this is a real thing. And, and, that's and not a crime, I then. was a firefighter for just a very brief time. Yeah. And this was something that I was aware of. I never saw it happen. Yeah. Um, but you can surrender your child if you are unable to care for your newborn. You know, this isn't like it's a last resort. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I mean, this is something that 
you can't keep this child, the child's in danger, you're in danger, that kind of thing. This is something you can do. You can go to a hospital as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no excuse for what this gal did. Yeah, I had no idea there was a safe haven drop box for babies. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we're going to see more of that now that abortion has become uh, a state's choice type thing. Uh, if you're going to have like literally big signs that says like baby drop box, you know, kind of like in the babies are us lettering outside of a fire station. I wouldn't doubt it. I, I wouldn't doubt it. It's, you know, we're we're walking into uncharted territory at this point. Fire stations inundated with babies. That'll be yeah. the headline about a year from now. Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. So then what it then just goes into like the foster care system, I'm assuming. I believe so. I believe the baby is then taken to the hospital, um, transported by the the fire department and yeah. and then into the child protective service system. I'd be curious. My uncle uh, was uh, he just retired. He was a chief over in uh, the Littleton, Colorado area. Um, I wonder. I've never asked him about that. Because I, I, I'm curious how many times they've had a situation where babies get dropped off at the fire station. I didn't. I don't think it happens very often. I mean, it's called a safe haven law, so you have to make sure that the state that you're in has that, and and that the fire station that you're going to, number one, is staffed. You can't just dump a baby. Yeah. You know, um, you have to make sure that the baby is is safely um, mm-hmm. dropped. I guess. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a thing. And I, I don't know where it originated that part. I don't know, but yeah. I, I've always known it's there. There's wow. That's interesting. I wonder when we're going to hear a story about someone who was like, yeah, my dad was a firefighter, but he retired right when I was born. And it's like the firefighter just keeps the baby and raises it as their own. And that's oh, I wouldn't story. doubt it. I bet that happens. I wouldn't doubt it. Wow. Um, speaking of uh, firefighters, a firefighter and two others were caught in an undercover sting operation in Florida for allegedly engaging in sexual activity with minors. Oh, come on. I'm not even kidding. What a transition right there. So I guess I I wonder if you have circles of that going on too, where, well, we just kind of keep the babies in the back room over here and eventually they become. No, no, no. Okay. (laughs) I, I'm going to step in here. Firefighters for the most part. Okay. For the most part are some of the most amazing human beings you will ever find. These are people who literally are running into burning buildings to save human beings. I agree. So this is disgusting. Yeah, it it is. After a week-long sting operation, three people, including a firefighter and a cancer researcher, were detained for trafficking in human beings. The Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office began their undercover operation on September 12th with the stated goal of identifying those who exploit youngsters for commercial sexual conduct. Jay Sachs, 33, was arrested the day after the inquiry began because he allegedly met a female he thought was 14 in a trailer. So he thought she was 14. And I guess Sachs thought 14. That's fair game. Sachs reportedly runs a Kona ice franchise. Oh, you couldn't Come play on. you couldn't play any more into the stereotype of a child predator. You have a fucking Kona ice franchise. So it's like the modern version of the ice cream truck. Yeah, or I was going to say like, you know, candy and a um windowless van. God. Uh a man named uh Marshall Budijing, uh 44 uh 44 was arrested uh, reportedly arrested on September 15th. 
As reported by the sheriff's department, he went out of his way to arrange a meeting with a juvenile with the intention of engaging in sexual activity with her. The sheriff's office claims that uh, he is a scientist at the Moffitt Cancer Center. Oh, for fuck's sake. So what if he's like right on the cusp of curing cancer, but then he gets arrested for doing this? Do you let him go? Do you let him continue his research? Just, you know, he's going to cure cancer, but he's fucking kids. Would you rather? He's got an ankle monitor on. (laughs) The 50 year old Brian Streeter was arrested after he allegedly made plans to meet a female he thought was 14 for the purposes of having sex with her for $60. According to the sheriff's office, Streeter was a lieutenant with the uh, Pinellas Park Fire Department. Streeter reportedly started working with the agency back in 03. After his arrest, he was supposedly released from custody. Pinellas Park City Manager Bart Diebold said in a statement obtained by WOFL, when I heard about the heinous deeds that are being attributed to Mr. Streeter, I felt a great deal of sadness. He swore an oath to protect the people of our city and failed them by acting dishonorably in a public as a public official and fire department head. To paraphrase the Hillborough County Sheriff's Chad Kronstner, while these males may be trying to conceal their horrible life choices in the darkness of our town, our investigators are a beacon of light. In addition, Kronstner said our detectives will continue to seek down anyone involved in this horrible activity and make sure they are held accountable. You know, police officers, firefighters, EMTs, paramedics, these are people that you should be able to turn to and and trust. Yeah, you think. Um, when I was an EMT and firefighter, I had to undergo um, a background check. I believe I was drug tested. Um, just an amazing yeah. amount of, of vetting went on. And these are people that, you know, you're dealing with unconscious people quite often. You need to be able to be trusted. You've got their their wallet with you. You yeah. have their purses. You're inside their homes. Yeah. Fuck. And and this this guy just absolutely violated public trust. Mm-hmm. I, I there is there's I'm sorry, this person should absolutely be thrown away. That's you were in a position of trust and you violated it horrifically. And that just that cuts me right to my core. I I've been inside people's homes when they were unconscious. Um, you make sure that their pets are okay when you're leaving. You make sure the door gets locked behind you. You grab whatever personal stuff that they might need while they're at the hospital being, you know, stabilized. Um, yeah. You turn their lights off as you leave the house. I mean, there's, there, you're supposed to be thinking of these people at, at their most vulnerable time of how, how do I protect them? And this is so far against everything that is instilled in you as as one of these these you know public people it's just really sad as long as you don't have a record you're not on drugs uh it, it'd be fairly easy to slip into this sort of thing it seems as long as there's not the obvious red flags that go about you what i don't understand about any of this or any of these these child predators that because some of this shit it's not like you have the stories of, you know, the horrible uncle or the horrible stepfather mm-hmm. or father, whatever, um, that, you know, is secretly doing this within the confines of a home. What the fuck is wrong with you? How far off are you where you're like, I'm going to actively pursue this and arrange this with other human beings to yeah. have a person? I mean, where 
I don't, I don't, I don't get any of it. I don't understand what kind of an addiction is that, that you have that little self-control to not only understand this is wrong. Even if you have the compulsion, how do you not say you just don't do this? This is not, you know, you may want to murder somebody someday. And if you're saying you're like, I'd love to kill that person, but I would go to jail for a long time. That would not be the right thing to do. And the consequences are horrible. And it's just not the right thing. I need to calm the fuck down and not do this. They're completely like, just you know, overriding that in their minds and like, no, I'm going to go fuck a kid and I'm going to, uh, you know, overpass this and arrange this. And I, I just, I, I don't And then those who run it as a business, <laughs> that even takes it a step further. It's like, you're actively like running a business, making money on this sort of trafficking scheme you have going on. Who says this is a great idea. Let's, let's get into that. Let's well, use, especially as, as a, Working at a at a fire department, you are in touch with the police all the time. The police show up uh, to fires and police show up to medical incidents. Um, I can't tell you how many times I pulled up on on a scene and the police were already there and yeah. they were tending to the victim yeah. before we even got involved. So, you know, you are constantly around law enforcement. So the balls, the cojones on this guy to think that he could get away with this when he is, well, maybe that's why he thought he could because he's always around the police and they'd never suspect him. Is it, is it the balls on this guy, you know, figuratively, or is it the complete lack thereof where that's yeah, where, where it's just like, there isn't that piece. That is what I just talked about saying, you can't do this. This is not okay. Is there something that there that, that voice is missing? And it just, it's like, well, it, it, it's, it's literally the choice of, I could go to McDonald's right now and get a big Mac, or I can go over here and uh, fuck a kid and lure a kid. Yeah. And, and it's like, just they're, they're completely on even level. And there's like, no, there's nothing in the brain saying one is acceptable. One is not. <laughs> I mean, that's the only way I could try to understand this way of thinking where that, piece is missing but if that piece is missing you'd have to imagine that so many other pieces of life are missing as well of this is right that is wrong and how did they get as far as they did in life without getting caught that's another baffling thing to me yeah well and it, it makes you wonder you know is this this is a pretty elaborate scheme so is this the first time this has happened and, and we just are finding out about it? Yeah. Has this happened before and it was never caught? Yes, it, it's it's certainly I'm guessing this is not the first time for any of these uh, yeah. individuals, but just you know, absolutely, uh, absolutely sickening. All right. That's going to wrap up today's episode of True Crime Today. If you like the show, be sure to press subscribe wherever you download podcasts. Leave us a review there on Apple Podcasts. We do greatly appreciate that as well. Until next time, for Stacey and all of us at True Crime Today, I'm Tony Bruschi. Thanks for listening. True Crime Today. Press subscribe wherever you download podcasts so you don't miss any of our full episodes, breaking news updates, and daily briefs from True Crime Today.